Welcome to Maybe Recommend, a show where we talk about movies, music, and more. Joined with me today, as always, is Sean. How are hey. you doing today, Sean? Doing good. And Otis. Hello. All right. Guys, we're here to talk about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but neither one of you watched it. <laughs> well, I've seen it. Yes. When was the last time you saw it? Oh, probably about a decade ago. I assigned the homework. I did the homework. I mean, I get it. You know, like nobody wants to have to work for it, but uh, wow. it was a pleasure to watch. You know, I don't I, think it, I do remember loving the movie. It and is I not do, a chore, but it is. It, it feels so pretentious. When I'm, it is. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is enjoying itself so much." <laughs> it, and how clever it is! <laughs> it's, it's assuming that little air of superiority because it's a Shakespearean piece, but also there's the irony of it. I mean, I do well, like it. I mean, except so much of the film is about pointing out, like the tying in to the loyalty and the idiocy and like all the patronage which is silly so like they make point of that in the film oh yeah yeah and a lot about what what it means to be an individual or what it means to be just existing it's an existentialism film i suppose oh i think absolutely and i do like i do think it's fun how you know they like very there's a play of normal speech versus Shakespearean speech. Mm-hmm. And, that, and like in between themselves and the sub characters, like the non royalty characters, all the off screen stuff, like they, they poke fun at all of that. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's, it's fantastic. I like the bit where they don't know who is whom. <laughs> you know, like they, their names are interchanged. Like he's like, "Am I Rosencrantz? Am I Guildenstern?" Oh, that's right. You know, right. yeah. And he's like, "Who are you when you're at home?" He's like, "Am I different?" You know, when they're playing the game of questions, which <laughs> oh, we loved as kids. Oh, we loved, loved that so much. Loved it. Using questions as in like a tennis match, and if there's hesitation, redundancy, or rhetoric, oh, just. Right. Or relevant. Oh, man, that was fun. Now, who, like, we spent ad nauseum time doing that. Mm-hmm. Really did. And I feel like it actually, it crafts the mind to a certain degree, wouldn't you think? Cracks or crafts? Oh, oh, I said crafts. Oh, yeah, I, it definitely is molding you in a certain way. <laughs> hey Sean, you you haven't joined in in a little bit, are you? Where are you at with this? Where, yeah, where are you coming in? I'm on? here. So, as far as the questions that game goes, yeah. Did you ever play that? I believe I played it with you guys at Chili's. Yeah, I think you might have. <laughs> and it it, but I I was in the situation where I don't think I understood what was going on. Uh, a lot of the games that's I played, the best way to play right a lot of the games i played with you guys um i was unaware of the rules so i would just lose a game <laughs> that's how i talk 
<laughs> well, I think that's how we all felt. We we would come up with different little fun games for us to play, and half the times we didn't tell each other how to play them. Right. And in fact, I think that that's a good metaphor for life. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, especially all the lots of life. Mm. Right. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe that sings to what it is to be an adolescent. Because you really don't know. Well, like this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this whole movie is, you know, it poses the question in the middle of the movie of like, do you remember when you first learned that you were going to die, that man doesn't go on forever? And then he says, well, maybe it's something you're born with knowing that you're not going to go on. And like that, I think is something that you grapple with in that adolescent stage when you come out of, you know, your your childhood. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Although I think that you made that you grapple with that throughout the entirety of your life. You may not remember when you first thought of it, but I'm almost sure to remember it until I do die. I don't go on forever. As this sort of Democles is just hanging over my head every day. I'm at my job typing on a keyboard. <laughs> That's Which, a great visual. Oh. So who played the um um the director in Rosen Crans and Gilder Karen? Isn't that oh, the, Dreyfus? The troop leader? Yeah, it's it's Richard Dreyfus. Oh, Richard Dreyfus. Was See, he? I remember. <laughs> I wasn't trying to shame you in the beginning. I was just like, I don't know, you know, a, a little, little sad, little sad. Like, that I was like, you're like, I did my homework. I'm not trying to shame you. I did the I'm not work. To shame you. I just like, I mean, I've got like this, uh, I guess, Sisyphusian task of rolling this boulder up this hill, and I was hoping that I could get you guys to help shoulder it. <laughs> you know, if you really wanted help, you wouldn't have been chained to it. Yeah. Oh, I think you've got me confused with Prometheus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta say that. Who, who uh, gets to liberate? That's Prometheus, right? Yeah, it is. Yes. But and no. it grows back. That's real mean thing about it. <laughs> but no, didn't well, wasn't Sisyphus chained to the boulder, and then the boulder would fall back down, and back down. No, was he chained? Was I thought he was. Because like, why? How would, would you he... chain him to the boulder? That's, that's rough. How would you push a boulder up that you're chained to? I think you just have maybe to lift that's, it. Maybe that's just it. Yeah, I thought that was the thing. Like that's why he could never escape. All right, Sisyphus. I feel that way at work. <laughs> no, he's just forever rolling that boulder. Why would you to it? Why would you keep rolling? Like, huh? Why? Why would you keep rolling it? I don't know. You think he would have just gotten wise to it and been like, you know, this sucks. I'll just walk up the hill without the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, uh, uh, Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> say like that's my identity. Yeah. <laughs> forces him to roll it up the hill for all eternity. So, yeah. Oh, well, 
but that would this require. This is way off task. I made a joke about how like right. this podcast apparently is a burden. <laughs> you guys are like, well, how is the burden shackled? To you? <laughs> yeah, just unpay you yourself. You could just walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Break Blair. your own chains, Larry. Is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. But where do we lose? Where do we lose our train of thought then? If that's all getting cut at Richard Dreyfus, three minutes in, perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so you were right. Uh, Richard Dreyfus is the uh, the troop leader, right? Okay, right. So Richard actually the troop leader. So he makes the point of it in the film that, like, unless everybody on stage is dead, like you don't have a show. Right? Mm. They make point of that in the flick. Like, everybody's got to die. You got to well, die. Like, that's the end of it, right? Like, so, sorry to cut you off. Go no, on. you're good. No, like, uh, so Hamlet's famous for being a play within a play, right? Right. Or having a play within a play. Right. So they, they take it even further. They have a play within the play within the play. Right. <laughs> so they're so. <laughs> There's a scene where literally they're putting on a puppet show for the players who are playing in front of the players who are playing for us. So, like, so that's just wonderful. I, well, I wanted this to is... ask you that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chad. I just, no, I, I just wanted to ask Larry this because you mentioned that you felt it was pretentious. So do you think that that mm -hmm. ultimately works against it? Like it goes Not to, at all. to meta? Um, I don't think that it's accessible for everyone. I think that you have to have a certain air about yourself to be like, hmm, yes, this is delightful. Mm, delightful, so witty, you know? Right. But at the same time, it is delightful and it is very witty. I mean, okay. although I will say, I think modern audiences have a larger appetite for meta. I you do. do. I do think so. Do you like, think it was man, Scream that set that up? No, I think it was actually Blair Witch that set that up. Town footage? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And that was like... That was a weird was 90s flick. It, all the hype around it was meta, right? Because it wasn't... Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it started... They you to believe it, it was real. It started years before. They started... Um, there was a documentary on, I think, the History or Sci-Fi Channel called, uh, I believe it was The Curse of the Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. um, and oh. and they, they started, it was before, like, viral media was a thing. And so they really kind of started that. And it just happened that um, internet culture took off and they were able to um, capitalize on that. Dude. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it, they, it, it, the story of that movie is really awesome. I'll have to check that out. Like, uh, th this movie that we're watching, like, yes. uh, it, it, I don't think it has a cult following. I don't know of anybody who really, like, Blair Witch definitely still is, like, they made a video game recently about it. So, like, I think Ooh, there's enough people really? know about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that. So, uh, in our friend group, though, and I remember this clearly, like, what, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Because there, there is kind of an affinity for Gary Oldman in our group. Oh. Uh, oh, right. This podcast has made that abundantly. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, Larry and I 
became friends really because we, we had the same favorite movie, which is a movie called uh, Romeo's Bleeding with Gary yes. Oldman. Okay. Um, sure. And so within this friend group, I I remember Rosencrantz and Golden Stern are dead being brought up because of, well, Gary Oldman and Tim Roth. Tim Roth and Austin, mm. too. So, you yeah. know, he really is awesome, but I didn't realize how awesome he was until much later. Right. Hmm. Even though I love this film. Like, yeah, for me, he I, just kind of fell away. This, yeah. to me, is his 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 best work. Really? Yeah. Ooh, really? And better than Reservoir Dogs. No. Yeah. Interesting. Why do you... Why, now I'm really curious. Why do you... What makes you feel that um, way? Reservoir Dogs, I felt like he was putting on a suit that was a little ill-fitted. He looks really? good in it, but there was just something off. You know, I don't know if it's his American accent or what, but... But in this one, like, he he feels so much, like, more comfortable. Like, he, he's at ease with Gary Oldman. They're talking back and forth. You know, like, the, their their patter is just fantastic. I mean, I, I like... do think he definitely acts more in Rosencrantz and Gilman's character. Because he kind of, like, aside from dying, he doesn't have a bunch. Is that true? Well, he's got tons of dialogue. In I'm not saying dialogue. No, I'm just saying oh, like. Oh, in Reservoir or wait. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was trying to make the point that he doesn't really act that much in Reservoir Dogs. It's oh. kind of the same character, but there's a whole dying that goes along with that, which mm-hmm. his his dying his dying monologue. You know, it starts with like effing dying. Like that's a really solid monologue in dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great scene in the back of the car. It really is. Okay, I'm backing it up a little. It's been a little bit since I've seen oh, this man. movie. Oh, man. Dog is so solid. Harvey Keitel putting the gun to Roth's head and crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna die. He kind of sings to him. In the same song. Oh, anyway. that's so... So realistic, so realistic. Yeah, this man. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Dog is one of those movies where I, I think it definitely gets overshadowed by Pulp Fiction. I think for I mean, there's so many reasons mm. for that, but it's such a solid piece of like gangster film. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I but, like those, like in the same way. Because we kind of toyed with the idea about doing Indiana Jones, too. Like, mm. I feel like you run into the same problem with Reservoir Dog. He was like, yeah, it's amazing. It's right. a cultural it's a- masterpiece. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> well, with Indiana Jones, the first one, we can totally do that. That that would work. And with the third one, I think it will work well, too. But Temple of Doom, you might have some troubles. <laughs> So, well, Larry and I talked about this. Like, I have a soft spot for Temple of Doom, but he enlightened me on how problematic it is as a as a film. <laughs> I Are watched you? it with my children, <laughs> <laughs> and it was another one of those situations where I had to apologize. Where I'm like, oh, oh no. Um, okay, so first off. I'm not sure if short round is just all offensive or if <laughs> I'm okay. 
I, I I feel like I apologize to all of India on behalf of Americans right. and to my children for making them watch this movie. <laughs> I mean, short rounds got to be offensive, right? I don't I don't think that the actor has uh, disparaged it at all, but it 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 feels. Uh, I mean, Otis and I were talking, and one of the lines is, feel I step on fortune cookie. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He does say that. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really rough. Really rough. He does say that. It feels like he stepped on fortune cookie. (laughs) I I, I still like guys. What did you say? It's like no time for love, doll. Yeah, uh, you call him Doctor Jones, doll. Yeah, and yeah, that it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I probably shouldn't be doing that voice. No, yeah, not. Yeah, well, you know, that's to be fair. Like the actor did that voice, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You were explaining, Larry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if this gets live, well, yeah, I will defend you, Larry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you know, like uh, I, I, I love Temple of Doom so much. It's a great, great memory of mine. Yes. And sometimes that's where they have to remain locked away as something that I can enjoy. See, okay, so this this brings me straight to the thing with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is I feel like there's some service to be had there. To like old movies that are a little bit problematic, and whether or not they still think up, but like deserve to be appreciated. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, it's you know we talk about separating the art from the artist. Sometimes we need to separate the art from the art. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I tell you why it's acceptable, even though it's clearly not. But yeah, I mean, I loved Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Okay, not just as much, but I like it made an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Not as truly as Indiana Jones did, but it definitely had no. an impact. And it honestly, didn't have the same cultural impact either. But no, it that's has, for sure. you know. But like, I don't see anything problematic with it. So, like, I, I mean, that's why I'm recommending this movie. I really really loved this movie growing up i thought that it was really fun it made me feel smart watching it it and sure like, did it made me feel like i was on the inside of a joke you know <laughs> right right i mean so yeah yes absolutely and it was as complex like if you look at the meta like i kind of got the same high on that as i feel like other people got on inception yeah. On yeah what, okay, I get that. On Inception. Inception. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like, because you know how some people were just like real big into Inception for a bit? I was one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I like Inception. Yeah. That, yeah. Fine. I, I left the theater thinking it was okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it. I think it's a fine film. <laughs> I don't hate it at all. But, like, yeah. it's definitely. Like, it's one of the big works that call into question what meta is. I mean, you know, what's like, we can go back to Don Quixote on that one. Of course. Like, there's a lot of story to be had 
and how we feel about stories. And I think Rosencrantz and Guildenstern does that amazingly. I think they do a very good job of it. I, I think as far as that piece of media is concerned, it achieves well what it sets out to do. Oh, I think and that so is, too. You know, like put a light on what it is to exist and do it in the, the form of, you know, Hamlet. And it takes two minor characters who were pivotal in the works itself and takes and, you know, extrapolates their experience as like you, you are just slapped into this world and you're trying to figure out things as you go. And like, they might even just be two personalities of man. Like, uh, you have like an id and a super ego kind of thing going on with them. Oh man. Oh, I, like this. I didn't even think about that at the time. You did right though. Yeah, and like Gary Oldman's character, who's perceived to be dumb, is actually inventing things and observing things around him all the time, like uh, from the Babylonian swinging pots. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like totally. he, he does displacement. He does uh, aerodynamics. He does. Uh, what was another one that uh, he invents a hamburger at one point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, delightful. Yeah, and so like, uh, like I, I really I enjoy this movie, and it does make me feel like a, a smart big boy when I watch it. So, <laughs> yeah. Smart big boy, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I do like feel like a smart big boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. And it feels like I get a little pat on the head and says, "Oh, you're getting this, aren't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." And, you know, I, I want other people to feel that way, too. You know, and I think... I it, love that about you. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I think that's... Like, I like. there's a lot of people who they'll experience something and they just kind of... in They feel like in order to have it, they have to keep it to themselves. And Larry's always, like, like trying to share his joy with other people. And I just like that. He takes compliments so poorly. Which he I takes do love about so you. poorly. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, it's very hard for me yeah. to yeah. take the sincerity. I, I, I don't even know. I'm going to edit that to come out. Totally. I, I no, guess it's, it's, saying, just have to be gone. Just take out what I said. <laughs> you can have <laughs> to just remove, remove everything. <laughs> right. You're right. But. Uh, Right there it is okay, but it makes it that much sweeter that it's all wrapped inside of a Shakespearean tale too. So you feel like inherently that you feel like you're smarter than the people who love Shakespeare, who are heralded as being brilliant people, right? Yeah, it makes you feel like your inner circle, like yeah, like just it's like perfectly well played. It is like, you know, um, there's a movie that I like, okay, and um, it was called I Heart Huckabees. Oh, and sure. It tried, yeah. it tried to do this. It sure did. You know, and I think to some extent it succeeded at being more of a, an accessible, like, one-on-one level into, like, psych, you know, but uh, I, I, I think that this movie makes me feel much better. I mean, I didn't hate I Heart Huckabees, and I enjoyed it, but, like, I don't think it's 
Like, I'm not going to compare it to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. No way. Yeah. No but way. it was a great movie. It was. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Have you guys uh, heard the director's freak out on Lily Tomlin? No. Oh, my no. God. So it's legendary. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the director off the top of my head. He directed Three Kings, which I really enjoyed. Um, Is he? Um, but he had some argument with Lily Tomlin on set, right? And uh, they're in the middle of the scene, and he flips his shit. It's on YouTube. And, I mean, he goes off for a solid, it's minutes. And he's, On Lily he's, Tomlin? Yeah. What yeah. has she possibly done? I have. I, I, at one point, I feel like I knew because I was really steeped in, in that. David but, O. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just like I was, I was like preparing to go to film school, that kind of thing. So I was just like, oh, yeah. just steeped in that culture. And it, it's such a long rant. And in the end, like, I don't know what she could have done to deserve the absolute thrashing he gives her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's brutal. It is yeah. like he at one point he walks like kind of offset and you can still hear him in the background and then he comes back around still yelling at her <laughs> and she stays composed <laughs> she stays composed but holy it's it's something else you should check it out yeah well i i, I might i don't know this thing's kind of bum me out sometimes okay well like, then don't yeah. like christian bell's freak out like <laughs> So yeah, that one kind of bumped me out too. I yeah. I don't want I like I don't want to be an apologist about that, but it is like it's crazy. Like if you've got like an actor like Bale who's known to be intense, and you're in the middle of an intense scene, and then yeah, someone like kind of destroys your momentum. I kind of I like I I I don't think he was right in doing it, but I kind of get it, you know. He's, yeah, trying, he's trying to save the world from robots, Larry. I get it. I get it. He's doing important work. He is. But, you know, so is that grip. And he's traipsing across the stage like da 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 But, like, I, 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 I understand how that could infuriate you if you're outside Which, of, you know, someone's eye line. Was you it know, the director so, of photography, though? I thought it was like no, the, the, just the a grip. I, I thought it was the yeah. DP. Oh. No, it's just a guy trying to hang lights. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought he was doing sound. I mean, I don't blame him for being angry. Like the the crime isn't being angry. Of course, he should be pissed. The problem for me was his reaction to his anger. Right? Oh, sure. So it's like, yeah, like be pissed, be pissed all you want. You betcha. And throw a little bit of a tantrum, but like that was bit much. Uh, yeah, he really came at the guy. Right. Like, if he just said, like, you know, I'm going to go to my room until you guys get this shit figured out. That would have been fine. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, he was lecturing the director of photography. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so it was about the constant changes in lighting in the middle of a scene. Oh, uh, yeah. And he, he drops 39 F-bombs. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say this about that then because i think it's worse had it just been a grip um because it's just some like working dude but 
sure. if it's the if it's the director of photography, and now mm -hmm. he's saying like, uh, be be a professional, you know, like I, to me that's more understandable. You're right. Good. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>